Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, what's up? What's up? My name is Cody King. I am your host today for Calvary Live. I'm really looking forward to being able to spend the next hour with you uh, just talking about the things of the Lord, uh, to take your questions, to take your prayer requests. Hey, I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range. It is a privilege to be with you today, uh, whether you're listening down in Pueblo or maybe all the way up into uh, southern Wyoming. Uh, man, it's it's a privilege to be able to uh, to join in with you and uh, to be able to just uh, celebrate what Jesus is doing and, and, you know, talk about things that are really on our hearts, on our minds, um, and to search the scriptures together. I also want to welcome all of our listeners on the East Coast on Hope FM and Truth FM. Um, if you're listening in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, all those places, welcome. We're so glad that you're able to join us. What a cool thing that technology does to connect us across um, such a broad spectrum of, uh, of place and time. Hey, remember, if you're listening on the East Coast, that you are hearing this uh, broadcast on uh, a one-week delay. So you're probably not listening, you know, at the same time um, that you are speaking. So when you call in, uh, we're still here. We'd still love to talk to you. We'd still love to answer your questions, take your prayer requests, but you may or may not actually get the person you're hearing on the radio because uh, it's a one-week delay. But you also have a, an extra added bonus, and I actually heard Nick Katie talk about this. I thought it was great, that you can not only hear yourself, but you can use it as an evangelistic tool to tell your friends, hey, I was on the radio, and then get them to listen in and uh, check out what's going on uh, with you there. So you got you have an extra bonus uh, for you there on the East Coast. Also want to welcome our, all of our listeners online through uh, and through the Grace FM app. Hey, welcome. It's glad. We are so glad to have you with us. I see here as we as I look at the map uh, from our engineer, studio engineer, that we've got people. Uh, we got a, a listener in Ukraine, Houston, Minneapolis. There's a bunch of them all over Denver and Cal- uh, California, uh, way up um, on the north west corner of the United States. It looks like it's almost in Canada, in Washington State there, Albuquerque, uh, a bunch of spots in Texas and Louisiana. Uh, hey, uh, oh, also, um, uh, looks like, I don't know if that's Ohio. No, that's not Ohio. Uh, that's uh, right around Chicago area. Um, so we're so excited and glad to have you here uh, with us and uh, glad that you were able to, to um, join us today. You can call um, and uh, call in. Uh, the number that we have for you to be able to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. You can also send in text messages at 720-336-0897. Now, as you're doing that, um, if you're sending a text, remember that that line, it's not being answered by anybody. It's a text line only. So uh, please use that. 
I love to try to sprinkle in some of those as I can and be able to, to, to bring um, some of those in, especially, you know, if we're running down and uh, we need, you know, we, we got a, uh, some time. I like to try to jump in and get as many of those in as I can uh, there. Again, hey, my name's um, Cody King. I am the lead pastor at a church called Redemption Calvary. We are in the Metro Denver area on the kind of the northeast side of Denver. It's a city called Commerce City. Uh, it's actually about two or three different cities that all come together. Currently, we're actually meeting in the city of Henderson, which is right by Commerce City. Uh, but anyway, that's just a really detailed thing that you don't really need to, to know. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we are um, holding our Sunday morning services at a church called Henderson Community Church, um, which is on 120th Avenue about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. So if you travel north on Highway 85, turn right on 120th Avenue, we'll be a quarter mile down on the left-hand side on the north side of the road. Hey, I'd love to have you join us. Uh, We have one Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. And we are are, uh, going through a study through the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, man, that's been an epic, epic study. I actually was talking to somebody today about our study in First Samuel, and they're so excited because most of their church experience has been only in the New Testament. They rarely have ever gone through uh, anything in the Old Testament. And, and anytime it was at any church they'd been to in, in their past, uh, it was mostly just referenced. So traveling through an Old Testament book of the Bible has been just mind-blowing for them and really helpful for them. Uh, and so I, I love being able to do that. And what, one of the amazing things that I love about looking into the Old Testament is how clearly Jesus is on display. It's been an amazing study for us in 1 Samuel to see the Lord Jesus as he comes through in so many different ways uh, in so many different times. If you need directions, you want to listen to some of our sermons or check out more information about our church, the website is redemptioncalvary.org redemptioncalvary.org. And you can also listen to our radio program. It airs right here on Grace FM weeknights at 8 p.m. Also Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning. And uh, I think we're currently in in the book of Romans on our radio program, if I'm not mistaken. You can also connect with us on our YouTube channel, as well as our podcast. Just search Redemption Calvary, look for the red square R logo, and you'll know that it's us. And uh, we're, we're, we would love to be able to connect with you that way. Hey, it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and the Bible. I'd love for you to be able to uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, 720-336-0897 is the text line, and uh, you can reach us that way as well. Just another quick thought on that text line. Um, you can uh, text in at any time asking for prayer on that text line, and uh, and we'd love to be able to pray with you uh, about things that are going on in your uh, life and uh, through what's going on um, in your in, in your just your experience in your life and in those things as well. Like I said, we are at Redemption Calvary. We're studying through the Book of First Samuel, and uh, yesterday we actually um, went through chapter twenty, and so we've we've been making some pretty good. Time, I would say, pretty good pace through First Samuel. There've been a few times when you know we've had to slow down a little bit, but uh, I think we've we've kept a pretty good pace going through First uh, Samuel. And uh, in chapter twenty, it kind of uh, takes a shift. Chapter twenty is a big change in the book of First Samuel because um, really this is the moment at which David is sent into exile. 
you know, if you don't know about First Samuel, First Samuel is uh, really a lot about uh, the first two kings of Israel. Um, uh, Saul is the first king of Israel, and David is the second king of Israel. And um, in in First Samuel, you see Saul rise to power and be the first king anointed by the Lord, and he really just does a I don't know a better way to say this. He does a terrible job. Really, he's just very self-centered um, and uh, really takes no responsibility for his sin uh, or the way that he leads in in situations that's just a, a poor leadership. And so eventually God says, listen, I'm just going to take the kingdom from you and give it to somebody else. And that's where David comes on the scene and he's anointed as the second king. Here's an interesting fact about 1 Samuel through the book of 1 Samuel, David never actually becomes the king of Israel. He's only anointed as the king of Israel. It's not until 2 Samuel, I believe it's chapter 3 or something like that, uh, where David uh, finally is uh, recognized as the, the king over Judah. And then it takes another couple of chapters before he becomes the king over Israel as well for the entire nation uh, to recognize him as king. So David really, uh, in 1 Samuel, he spends a lot of his time living out in exile, living in, uh, basically on the run for his life because Saul has deemed him as an enemy of the state and decided that he is a guy that needs to be taken down and, uh, you know, just needs to be executed because he's a threat to Saul's dynasty. God said, I'm removing the kingdom from you. And uh, David decided, you know what? I, I don't really like that idea. Oh, excuse me. Saul decided, I don't like that idea. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this kingdom. I'm going to try to hold on to it. And so when he recognized that David was probably the guy that God was raising up, he became public enemy number one and uh, over and over again tries to uh, execute David. Uh, three different times, three separate times, Saul throws a spear at David to try to pin him to the wall as David is serving in his royal courts. And then in chapter 19, um, Saul sends four groups of assassins to go track him down and to kill him, and uh, God miraculously intervenes. Well, you know, uh, as chapter 20 unfolds in the book of 1 Samuel, we see that David, he's literally, he's walking by faith. And in walking by faith, David has experienced some of the most exciting and exhilarating times in life. I mean, when you think about David, probably the big thing that comes to your mind is David and Goliath. You know, David uh, steps onto the battlefield to take on the giant and slay the giant. And, you know, that's, it's just an exhilarating moment for David there. And that was preceded by some other times when David was a shepherd and he's watching over his flocks of sheep and a lion and a bear both come to try to take some of the sheep. And David, he rescues the lion, the sheep from the lion and from the bear. And, and he even tells, as David tells the story, he says, they tried to rise up against me and kill me. And he, he says he grabs him by the beard and he struck him and killed him. Um, think about that for a minute. I mean, we, here we are, we live in Colorado. I mean, for those of us who are here in Colorado, um, we've got, you know, we, we understand bears. Um, we understand mountain lions, which it's not quite the same size as a, a lion, <laughs> but we have mountain lions. Uh, think about that for a minute. I, I mean, when you take, when you take some time to go out into the, into the woods or you go up into the mountains or something, um, a bear and a lion are the last thing that you want to see. That, that is not a good trip if you're dealing with bears and mountain lions. Um, and so the thought of 
I am going to rush toward and attack one of these massive animals, it is just mind-blowing that that would be even a thing that you would accomplish. And yet, as David is walking by faith, he's trusting in the Lord and willing to uh, put himself in these difficult situations, literally in harm's way for the sake of serving serving others, serving the, just these sheep. Well, through that, David gets the courage to say, listen, if I can take out a bear, if I can take out a lion, then why wouldn't I be able to take down a giant? Even though everybody else is afraid, I can do that. And so he's had that experience that God met him in those times. And, you know, after that, David takes on li- literally hundreds of Philistines and has no problem with it. But when you follow the Lord in faith, it's not just exhilarating moments, is it? When you're following Jesus and you're living a life of faith, it's not just those times when it's exciting and things are moving forward and you see God moving in these really supernatural, awesome ways. Sometimes living by faith means that you go into excruciating times as well. And that's exactly what chapter 20 is in 1 Samuel. God is leading Samuel, excuse me, leading uh, David into a very excruciating time. So here's the big thought that is uh, sort of what encapsulates um, chapter 20 in 1 Samuel. It's this, that if you're going to follow the Lord, that following the Lord his way will probably not be your way, but it is the right way. It's, it's probably not going to go the way that you thought. It's probably not going to come about the way that you planned. Whatever thought you had for life, whatever vision you had for things, even if it's a vision from the Lord, you know, God gives you that vision of something out in the future that he wants you to do with your life. And then as you start to walk down that road, typically speaking, Uh, it's not going to pan out the way that you thought. It's not going to come about the way that you had hoped because uh, the Lord, uh, he's going to take you down different roads. So in chapter 20, what you see is that um, it centers around David and Jonathan and their friendship. And essentially the way that Saul, Saul and his sin forces them to part ways. And yet through it all, through all of it, God is the one that's leading their lives. It would be very easy to, to read chapter 20 and to see, man, what, what a jerk Saul is. Why is he treating them so poorly? Why is he, why is he being so led by sin and, uh, and insanity? But one of the things that comes through very loud and very clear is that God is in control, not Saul. That um, even though things are going in a way that they wouldn't have chosen, that doesn't mean that God has stepped off of his throne. He's still in control And even though David and Jonathan aren't going to be able to have the kind of relationship that they were hoping for, they weren't going to be able to serve together in the kingdom the way that they had planned, uh, all the dreams and hopes they had in the future as Jonathan recognized David as the second king and Jonathan gives up his right to the throne and recognizes David as king and says, you know, David, not only are are you king, but I want to help you. I want to serve with you. In all of that, we see that uh, they have this plan for how they're going to uh, come about with, um, with you know, in the future when you are king, this is the way it's going to go. And Jonathan says, I'm going to be your right-hand man. Uh, even though that doesn't happen, even though all of that just sort of crumbles and dissolves right before their eyes, their eyes, their commitment to the Lord and to one another still remains. 
kind of a kind of a cool thing that, that you can see and you can think of. I, I'll I'll try to explain some more in chapter twenty as we uh, as we have time if we have time. Uh, but I would much rather talk to you. Uh, and so uh, we have all open lines right now. And so um, you know I'm a pastor. I have no problem talking. I can. I can talk, especially when it's about Jesus, and so I can definitely fill up our time, uh, but I'd rather talk to you. I'd rather talk to you about the things that are on your heart, on your mind, to be able to pray with you, uh, to be able to answer questions you may have. Maybe as you were reading your Bible uh, today or recently, something stood out and you weren't sure about what that uh, what that said or why it said it. Let's talk through it. Let's talk about it. And you know, I've actually had some times um, on, uh, on, on air where somebody points out a detail that it just escaped me. I hadn't really thought about it before. And so I've learned a few things. And so, uh, I'm excited about those things as well. Uh, again, the number, if you want to call in three, zero, three, six, nine, zero, three thousand, three, zero, three, six, nine, zero, three thousand. And the text line is seven, two, zero, three, three, six, zero, eight, nine, seven. Here's a quick thought, a quick tip. If you're listening in, and maybe you maybe you listen in regularly, and uh, if you're anything like me, I th- sort of think of questions after the fact. <laughs> That's just kind of how I am. I process and think about it. Uh, you know, maybe sometime after, and then a question comes to mind. Uh, maybe write those questions down. You know, and um, and reference it later, and then you know, just kind of run it by one of uh, one of the hosts later on in the week. But here's a good thing to do. Take that number and create a contact in your phone so that way you don't have to wait for one of the hosts or uh, the intro to tell you what the number is. You can just have it in your phone and you can search Calvary Live and uh, be able to, um, you know, call in and text in that way. So I'll give you the number again, and that way you can maybe write it down and uh, put it in your contacts. If you're driving, do not do this. Don't, don't mess with your phone while you're driving. Um, maybe wait for a later time and, and figure it out then and put in a contact later. But here's the number, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And the text line, 720-336-0897. All right, let's go to line one and Cody in Fort Collins. Uh, he's got a, a question. Let's, uh, let's Cody, you're online. Hey, Pastor. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? Oh, uh, kind of had a rough weekend here. Uh, me and my wife, uh, uh, we learned she was pregnant uh, a few weeks ago, and she just had a miscarriage. Oh, I'm so sorry so to I, hear that. I was just kind of wondering if, if you had any advice for uh, anything I need to be doing, or also I'd, I'd really like some prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Man, I, I'm so sorry to hear about that. It's such a such a devastating thing. You know, when you find out that you're pregnant and, uh, you know, that all of the joy and excitement of that baby and uh, for for that baby's life to be lost, it's it's tragic. It's it's difficult. It's very hard. I, I Here's the thing that I would encourage you with the big thing. There's there's going to be times for um, explanations. There's going to be time for things like. Um, you know, doctors and tests and those kinds of things. I know that my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, um, she had a number of miscarriages and it was just so hard for our family to, especially her and her husband, to be able to, uh, to go through that. And um, they, you know, they were able to do some testing and things like that and figure out uh, she had some issues medically. 
Um, and so they were able to figure that out. And now they have three, three beautiful boys and, uh, I'm excited about those, those little, little lives. Um, but, uh, what do you do? What do you do now? Um, and what I would say is one of the most important things is what I would call the ministry of presence. Um, really there's, there's no explanation that makes the hurt go away. There's no, there's no, um, magic Bible verse that's going to somehow cause you to no longer feel pain. Um, uh, really it's just grieving together. It's just, it's just hurting together. It's just, um, crying out to the Lord together in that, in that pain, in that difficulty that you, you know, you each will have times where you're stronger than the other and to be able to lean on one another and rely on one another and to be able to say, you know, that God is the one, uh, who, where we're going to derive our strength from. And so, you know, having those times where you spend time praying and you spend time seeking the Lord together and just crying together and, and grieving the, uh, you know, not only just that sense of loss for this, this child, but also all of the future hopes and dreams that you had. There's a lot of grieving that has to take place with that. And it's not a small thing um, to do, uh, but it also in a very, in a very real sense, not in just like a, um, I don't know, trying to, to say some sort of platitude. Your, your child's not lost. We, we know exactly where they are. They're with the mm-hmm. Lord for sure. You know, um, even in Second Samuel chapter twelve, as David loses one of his his uh, young children, he he knows that 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 child has gone to be with the Lord, and so God is gracious and kind, and we have assurance that He receives those children, and so we have the hope of hope of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, do you mind if I pray with you? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I want to lift up Cody and his wife to you. I thank you that he took time to call in. I thank you that he is um, just trying to seek you in the middle of all this. And Father, as we pray together, we just want to ask for your presence. Lord, your word tells us that you are near to the brokenhearted, uh, that your comfort is available to those who call. Um, And so God, we pray that you would bring that supernatural comfort that only you can, that your presence brings. Um, and so, Lord, I, I pray that you give Cody wisdom as he tries to discern how to navigate the decisions that need to be made and how he can um, be there for his wife, especially typically as men, we just want to fix things. And God, this is one of those things we can't fix. Um, but we trust you. We know that you're the one that brings the healing to our hearts that we need. And Lord, if there is something medically that they need to consider, I pray that you'd reveal it to them. I pray that you would help them to, to know what doctors to reach out to and how to uh, navigate those situations. But God, overall, we, we know that your spirit and your presence is the greatest thing uh, because you are our comforter, you are our healer, and you are our great God. So Lord, be near to them. And uh, we look forward to uh, all that you have, even through this pain, even through this difficulty. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in today. Yeah, have a good day. All right, you as well. We'll be praying for you. Hey, I just want to encourage you as you're listening in, um, you know, if, you, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you've placed your faith in the Lord, as people call in and they have different things um, that are weighing on their hearts and their minds, I just want to encourage you to keep them in prayer. So uh, I, would, I would just ask, please keep this young couple in prayer as they are, uh, you know, just grieved and broken over uh, the loss of their child. 
So Father, uh, or so pray to the Lord and ask ask for His uh, ask for His grace for them. And who knows how God might stir you up in a different way to be able to minister to them. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, maybe they they'll never know, and you'll never know how it all works out on this side of heaven. But um, but it's a, it's a tremendous ministry, a ministry of of prayer. Hey, you can give me a call here at 303-690-3000 and send in text messages at 720-336-0897. Uh, let's go for let's go to the text line as uh, we have somebody asking for prayer for the world. Even see, evil seems to be increasing everywhere. Um, and they named some different places, Cuba, South Africa, um, and in America as well. Um, and it's overwhelming to watch. I know God wins in the end, but still hard to watch happen. Yeah, I absolutely agree that it's difficult to see the evil of the world and to see really the the thing that's the biggest um, difficulty is the way that evil affects people. You know, it's it's one thing to be grieved over the the hardship and the difficulty of things, um, but it's it's something else when you see the way that that drastically affects the lives of people, that people's lives are lost, that their, um, their livelihoods are destroyed, that, um, you know, all of the comforts that maybe we possess and enjoy are just not enjoyed by others. And, uh, there's, there's just a sense of, of hopelessness that can overwhelm us. And I just want to encourage all of us as we're considering this, that the thing that the enemy wants to do through this is cause us to feel hopelessness, to, to just feel like there, there is no good. God, God maybe has vacated the throne and that we can't hope in and trust in him to do anything because he's not doing the thing that we think he should do. Um, but the truth remains that God is still in control, that he is sovereign, that he is good, that he does see, that he isn't indifferent. It's not like you know, God just went to take a nap and he just, uh, you know, doesn't, he's not aware, or maybe he knows what's going on and he's indifferent. He just doesn't care. No, the truth is that, that God sees and God knows and God is, he's absolutely in control and uh, he's able to take everything, Romans eight twenty eight and work it to the good of those who are, who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, that verse doesn't say that everything is good. It says that he's able to even take things that are that are evil and bad and turn them to good. And so um, we need to hope in and trust in him. So let's pray as the world is just filled with so much uh, chaos and evil as the ruler of this world uh, does what he does, as Satan does the things that he does. Uh, we pray for God's presence. So Lord, we want to come to you together and pray for our world. Um, Lord, we know that your, your word says that, uh, God, you so love the world that you gave your only son, that uh, whoever would believe wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. And Father, we know that when you wrote that through John, that um, you weren't talking about dirt when you said you love the world. It was people. And so God, we just pray for the people who are suffering as a result of, uh, of evil leaders, evil dictators, um, satanic imposition, um, the demonic influences that cause people to do things that are just absolutely terrible and horrific uh, to, to people you love and you created. And so, God, we pray that you would be near to those who are suffering, and we pray above all that your gospel would prevail, 
that your gospel would go forward and that um, people would hear the name of Jesus and they would be able to place their hope in and their faith in you, Lord Jesus, and that you would be glorified. So God, we pray that you and your love would uh, reign supreme over all and that we would be able to um, experience your grace in abounding supernatural ways. So God, be near to those who are suffering and help us to be stirred up to continue to pray for them. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, my name is Cody King. I'm the uh, lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we are located in the uh, Metro Denver area in Commerce City in Colorado here in, in near Denver. Uh, about We hold Sunday morning services on uh, 120th, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. One Sunday morning service at 11. We'd love to have you join us. Hey, we got a break and uh, I will see you on the other side. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. We are located on the northeast side of the Metro Denver area in uh, Commerce City, Colorado. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that church um, has been here for just about uh, a little over seven years. A little over seven years ago, my, my wife, my four daughters, and I moved out from Southern California to plant a church as uh, we felt the leading of the Lord and started a little home Bible study. I, I remember sitting in my living room, literally thinking, who in their right mind is going to come to this? Uh, you know, there are people who are like that. They just... Uh, you know, they, they're willing to show up to home Bible studies when uh, they don't know anybody, and including the, the guy leading it. Um, but uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely a, a strange thing to step out in faith and to say, God, I feel like you're leading us to do this. I don't know how it's going to go. You know, I, didn't, I don't have a big strategy of how to do this or, you know, some sort of massive plan or whatever. It was just my family. And, uh, you know, I got a, got a job out here and um, opened our home. And God was so faithful to bring the right people at the right time. It's been an amazing thing. Um, you know, here's, here's an interesting, funny thing. And maybe, maybe, you know, there's some pastors listening in. Maybe you're trying to plant a church right now or you're trying to, you know, you're, you feel like God has, has called you to such a thing. Um, I, you know, I remember driving around, listening to Calvary, uh, or uh, excuse me, Grace FM and Calvary Live and all those things as I was, uh, you know, planting the church. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, was interesting to me is that everybody that I invited to come to the church, and I, and I invited a ton of people, of everybody that I invited to come to the church, nobody came. <laughs> so maybe you're having that kind of an experience as well. You know, you invite people, you pray for them, you have co-workers that you're constantly trying to talk to and there's just shut door after shut door after shut door and you're like man am I am I called to this nobody nobody that I talk to even wants to come to this church um, but hey here's the thing 
today, seven and a half years later, um, there is a church that exists here. There, there are a number of wonderful servants of the Lord who give of their time and their effort in order to advance the kingdom of God here in this, uh, this little city where we're at. And uh, so if here's, here's the thing. I guess here's the big concept that I'm trying to, uh, to convey. When, when ministry is all about Jesus, then he's the one who does it, and you're along for the ride. So, you know, some people, they have all these strategies and whatnot, and God bless them. You know, maybe that's what the Lord has called them to do. But the thing that I've come to understand is that Jesus is the one who plants churches. Uh, I just I just get to respond to him and be a part of, participate in what, what he's doing. Um, and so, uh, you know, just want to encourage you that if you believe that God has called you to something, maybe it's not church planting, maybe it's something else, and you can use my example or the thing that Jesus did through my life uh, as an encouragement to you, then then there you go. I pray that that is uh, an encouragement to you. Hey, we got a, a text question here. Uh, it says, why does Genesis mention cubits and feet as measurements of the building of the ark? Um, was it a copyist error or a translation error? Just curious. Um, I'm not necessarily, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by cubits and feet. Um, as far as I know, it only uses cubits as measurements of building the ark. Um, that may be a translation uh, thing that you're looking at. Perhaps, you know, you look in a, a translation and they, instead of using cubits, they translate, they, they did the math and, you know, in a, in a newer translation to try to say, hey, it's this many feet kind of a thing. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, it only uses cubits. Now, here's something interesting about cubits. A cubit is, is basically this. It's the measurement from your elbow to your fingertips. Now, you don't got to have a, a degree in rocket science to, to figure out that that's going to be different depending on how big people are. <laughs> so there are a variety of measurements of what a cubit is, ranging from something around 16 inches all the way up to 22 and a half inches, something like that. And so when you start extrapolating that, that can mean a vast variety of different measurements in terms of uh, how, how big things were. Um, you know, so when you start measuring like, you know, in Genesis, the ark, <clears throat> excuse me, measured in cubits or in first Samuel, uh, Goliath is measured in cubits. You know, he can, Goliath can go from anywhere from uh, seven and a half feet tall to 11 feet tall, depending on the cubit that you use. Uh, kind of a, a big, big shift, big change there. Hey, give me a call. My name, uh, my the number here in, at Calvary Live is 303-690-3000. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, to be able to connect with you, uh, to be able to pray for you, and to be able to uh, answer your calls and your questions. Let's go to line one and Joseph in... Wheat Ridge. Joseph, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hey, I think uh, you have your radio up a little little loud there. We're getting some feedback there. I'll turn off my radio. Oh, yeah, no problem. Turn off the radio. So, you know, the rapture, uh, I apologize. I don't have the Bible verses. Sure. But so um, I was listening to a 78 Venice preacher on uh, Sunday, and he was basically saying that it's going to be a how you say a traumatic experience on earth because like cars going to be crashing and planes going to be falling out the sky because Christ is taking his, his church, his people up to heaven. So, you know, if there's like 
one person, you know, you know, the Bible says one person be grinding, one be taken, or two people in bed, one be taken, one left. So is that a way that Satan, uh, the people that are left behind on earth after the rapture, is that a way that Satan can say, see, the God that you are supposedly serving, all this destruction on the earth, and he can deceive more people, you know, because they're left behind on an earth that's kind of destructed or, you know, uh, sure. that has fallen apart. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can see that. I can see how, how that could be a thing. Um, you know, the, the reference that you're referencing there is Matthew 24 uh, that talks about the idea of, you know, there to be two women grinding or, you know, two people in a bed or that, that kind of a thing. Um, the, the, here's the, here's the hard part as it's kind of, I'm trying to think of a number of things to talk through the hard part when you're, when you're reading through this, especially Matthew, uh, 24 and 25, um, this is one of the most difficult sections, um, of interpretation in the Bible. And so people have a very hard time with timeline in terms of this. Um, and actually, I think Friday, I happened to be listening to Nick Cady talk about this, and he did a tremendous job talking through, uh, he's like, he's way smarter than, than most people I know. Uh, so the way that he talks through this is, is absolutely tremendous. So I would recommend that. But here's essentially the idea. Um, the idea is that as things unfold, um, it sets up the next thing. And I think that it, it is a fair assessment to say it could be. I wouldn't necessarily teach it in such a way to say I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that this is going to be the way that it is. It could very well be um, that you can, you can see how if, you know, in our modern day, um, I happen to know a pilot uh, who's a Christian. You know, if the rapture takes place while that guy is flying an airplane, that's a big problem, you know, yeah. especially if he's been evangelizing to his co-pilot. Um, uh, and so th that potentially causes lots of issues if people are driving and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see how that could take place. And then that would be the, the perfect opportunity for the Antichrist to step on the scene and to say, hey, you know, here's the explanation for it and take control and take power that way. I, I can see that. I mean, uh, Alexa, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't study well enough to know the timeline. Is the Antichrist on the scene then? Or, I mean, when is, when is Antichrist supposed to come on the scene? Yeah, really good question. Um, so here's... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sort of hesitating. My mind goes like four different directions. So um, here's, the, here's the big thing I think that, that has to be understood. When we're talking about the, the, the end times and we're talking about all of these events unfolding, we have to keep in mind and remember that God is all-knowing and Correct. Satan is not, right? Okay. Okay, so because Satan is not all-knowing, Satan has to perpetually be ready for when he can take control. The, the, okay. only, thing, the only reason that he's not able to take control is because God is holding him back. Here, I'll, I'll uh, grab a verse for you for that. It's 1 Thessalonians. I'm turning in my Bible real quick. Um, 1 Thessalonians. Actually, uh, it's actually 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 says this, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. 
And then the lawless one, which is the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So there's a, a little bit of a, a time frame. So it's, it's like this. The, the Holy Spirit is the one who restrains. And the Holy Spirit's presence within the church is what's restraining the ability of, of uh, the Antichrist or Satan to take control of the world completely. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that we are salt and we are light. So Christians on the earth with the Holy Spirit living in us, we are the preserving agent for this world. Imagine all the Christians gone. Now evil just runs rampant the way that it wants to. Um, and so... Um, essentially Satan has to perpetually be ready for that moment because he doesn't know when it's going to be. Um, and so I would argue that there have been a number of quote unquote antichrists ready in the wings throughout history so that when the trigger's pulled, he can be ready for that. So is there an antichrist alive today? I would say, yeah, definitely. There's somebody that's ready to roll, ready to go at any moment, uh, as there have been in ages past. And I would say that perhaps those are people who we've seen perform heinous acts in history um, and uh, and bring death and destruction. Well, yeah, so, uh, but uh, from what I understand, you're saying and Antichrist. I'm talking about T, capital T-A-T, the Antichrist. For sure, yeah. So they would be the one that is like an Antichrist that's ready, and then when the Holy Spirit, Second uh, Thessalonians 2-7, when the Holy Spirit removes the church, uh, then that person becomes filled with Satan and the Antichrist. Well, one last quick question. So, I mean, this is 2021. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we have so much time left, like 33,000 3, 3, or whatever. You know, I, I think, you know, uh, like, I'm being, I'm being generous with the time, 80 years, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know. Sure. But, uh, but, but, like, I'm, okay, you know, the Tower of Babel. Okay. So, this is me, unfortunately, leaning to my own understanding. You know, the Tower of Babel, they were building a building up towards the sky, and, you know, if God did not stop them, they would have been successful. So this space travel, you know, we're getting, you know, really, uh, how you say, uh, space travel is getting pretty, uh, I guess, successful in terms of, you know, anybody can do it now if you got the money or it's going to be okay. readily available. So if, if we continue to... Uh, get better with space travel, I think God is going to say, okay, that's enough, then he's going to, you know, wrap things up. That, do you catch my drift? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. We're going up, we're going up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of that idea. Um, you know, I think that really, um, I, I think you're hitting on something for sure there. I don't know if necessarily the the narrow application of space travel would be the thing, but really the thing is, is that there's this, it's this attitude within the heart of people that are, it's rebellious against God to say, we don't need you and that we're going to reach God ourselves kind of a thing. That's more the attitude that's happening within uh, the Tower of Babel. And I think that that attitude is growing and becoming more and more prevalent within our culture. And I think that space travel, like you're pointing out, is sort of an outcropping of that as well, that we're just trying to, you know, be in control of our own destiny and our own lives that kind of a way. Well, uh, one last thing, then I'll let other people uh, uh, speak to you. Thank you, Pastor, for speaking to me. You Absolutely. know, I, I went to see you, Boulder, and I was like two years ago. Um, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but she's a black astronaut. And she said basically her and her group, they within 100 years, they want to go to, I don't know, Mars, Jupiter, some planet. And 
you know, if, if they put their mind to it, they can do it. So that's sure. what I'm saying. 80 years, you know, God isn't like, I've had enough, just just wrap this up, you know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally see that. I'm, I'm absolutely on board with you. Here's the thing. I think that every, um, every genuine Christ follower since Paul has believed that Jesus was going to return in their time. I, I think you have to. If you, if you are genuinely serving the Lord, Peter and Paul, they believed that Jesus was coming back before they would die. And everybody throughout church history who was genuinely serving the Lord believed the same thing. I mean, how could you not? As you read the scriptures and you look around at your culture and you say, man, this, is, this world is going down fast. Um, it's very easy to, to see how that can be. I would also just throw a caution out there to say everyone who's predicted a time has always been wrong. <laughs> so, Correct. you know, it's, you know, for the, just the thought of, I see it. Yeah. I could say for sure within 80 years, I could see it happen, but you know, someone I highly respect, um, uh, Chuck Smith back in the seventies said we wouldn't even see the eighties. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I go, well, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, who knows what the Lord's going to do. Um, but I do know, uh, like you're saying, um, he, he is going to cut it off at one day enough's enough is going to come and the Lord isn't going to let it continue on. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. And we need to just keep living for Christ. That's all we need. Amen. Amen, Joseph. Thanks for calling in. God bless you, man. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Cody King. We're going to go into uh, line two now in Brent in Denver. Uh, Brent, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, Cody. Um, I have an idea on Matthew 25 that it's a dual fulfillment prophecy. Okay. Uh, The first time uh, that that will be fulfilled when... The ten virgins, five are taken, five are left behind, five are foolish. Uh, five uh, says, Woe unto that evil and wicked servant to say the Lord delayeth his coming. They're, he comes as a thief in the night, so they're unawares. They're living their life of sin, yeah. although they call themselves Christian. Well, it says two are in the field, one was taken, one's left behind. That's the rapture, and that's the first fulfillment uh, because when the Lord returns at Armageddon, you'll have people who have lived through um, the 70th week of Daniel. They will have had the mark of the beast. So when he gathers, I think I believe it says that he sends the angels to the four corners of the earth and gathers the whole world's population. He brings them together. He separates the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Yeah. And the sheep go into the kingdom. Well, that fulfillment there is no one left in the field. There's no one left in the workshop. So mm-hmm. the first fulfillment is uh, is the rapture, catches them unawares. They say, Lord, what about us? Well, at the second coming, no one's going to say, what about us? They don't have a choice. They're going to be gathered and separated on his right hand and left hand. So that being a dual fulfillment prophecy is the first time that Matthew 25 is fulfilled is the rapture. The second time is the second coming when no one who is uh, unrighteous or has the mark of the beast uh, or does not know him are sealed by the, the mark like the 144,000 that happen to live through uh, the tribulation, they don't go into the kingdom. So I believe that is a dual fulfillment prophecy. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I tracked with everything that you said, and I think you're right on. I, I would agree with everything that you said. Um, you know, that's one of the big things that... Well, uh, what I'll say is that um, in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 24. I was looking for 
that verse, but it's where, you know, the Lord sends out uh, his angels to go and gather people from the four corners of the earth. That's the single verse that um, post-tribulational rapture uh, hinges on. If you understand that verse to mean that Jesus gathers everyone at the end, you know, at his second coming, um, then that's what that's what that is. But I would say that that's a misunderstanding of that verse, and I would explain it the way that you explained it to me. I think that's that's a great way to describe it, especially when you take into consideration when Jesus, um, the the sheep and the goats, is again referenced in Revelation. I believe it's Revelation twenty one, uh, right in the beginning there that references that as well. Well, hey, we we settled that one. Hey, hey. Let's, let's knock out some more. But Amen. There are, think of some <laughs> other examples of a dual fulfillment. Like, for example, one-third uh, one will be cut off, I think, two-thirds, you know, where the Holocaust, 167 A.D., uh, 6970 A.D., 167 A.D., and uh, Nazi Germany, uh, that was a three-times-fulfilled prophecy. But what are some other examples in your mind uh, of uh, dual and triple or dual-fulfillment prophecies? Yeah, absolutely. I would point to the book of Daniel. I think Daniel's filled with that. So when you start thinking about the idea of these, um, you know, dual fulfillment prophecies, that kind of thing, um, Dan, a big chunk of the book of Daniel is that where you can see in chapters 11, 12, kind of that, that idea um, where uh, the prophecy can be absolutely fulfilled um, in you know, in that time and in the near future. And then there's an end time fulfillment as well. The way that I like to think of a prophet is that he's standing on a mountaintop and he can see all at once as he's speaking his time, the near future, and even the end of time all at once. And so that's where it becomes confusing to interpret it. And I think that's where we need to approach prophecy with a level of humility to say, Lord, this is what I think you're saying, um, but I know I could totally be wrong. I think there's a lot of things that we are very dogmatic about um, that we'll, we'll find out in heaven where everyone was wrong. <laughs> one, of these, one of these times I'll call back, and I have an idea as to how America is going to be destroyed. In my opinion, America will be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why no one can really point America out. We're not in prophecy. And I think for a nation that was so free and founded on the principles of, of uh, the Christian principles— for us to go so far down the road of Sodom and Gomorrah, I think our end is like Sodom. And, and America has to be destroyed in order for the mark of the beast to have have its value. In other words, you have trillions of dollars in Mexico and the offshore banks in Switzerland and Russia. You have all this, these dollars that have to become worthless in order for the mark of the beast system to work. And I think the Lord takes us out. And I have an idea. I won't go into it now, but my idea of destruction involves North Korea. Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of it is just speculation because there's really nothing in the Bible that's that speaks directly, like you said, to America. So really, I think all of that is, I think it's fun maybe to think about, but really has no no benefits to the Christian faith in terms of, uh, you know, what we can actually hold on to. Uh, personally, I, I aim more toward the stuff that I do understand in the Bible because that's the stuff that I'm really going to be held held accountable for. If you want a, a great book, there's actually a book by John Walverud. Um, it's uh, called Every Prophecy in the Bible. Uh, he's a, a great guy on uh, prophecy and those things. So thanks for calling in. It's great to be able to talk to you, uh, Brent. And uh, we're going to go to line three now and Ed in Pennsylvania uh, with his question. Ed, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. How are you today? Um, I'm doing well. How about you? 
Good. Great. Great. My question is um, cremation. Okay. Do you have any yes, no? Do you have any things against being cremated? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think this is this is a question that does it plagues a lot of people because they're not sure about what is what does it mean, how does it work, and all of those kinds of things. Um, really, I think that um, the the concept is, if we look at it from the most basic idea, cremation is only speeding up what time does. Um, you know, basically your body decomposes, your body decays. And given enough time, even your bones will break apart into, um, you know, pieces and, uh, and decompose that way as well. Um, and so, you know, typically people have um, some sort of a, an apprehension with cremation because they think that maybe they're defiling themselves somehow or that they're violating something in Scripture. And I honestly see nothing throughout the Bible that even... Um, touches the concept of creation, uh, cremation and uh, saying that it's a bad thing. Um, what I would say is that um, God is so good that he can take the molecules of your body to, to essentially recreate a new body for you, um, no matter where they're at. So having your body cremated and in ashes, um, that's, that's not a bad thing. I mean, people have died uh, in the ocean and been eaten by sharks or animals or whatnot, and that doesn't mean that their bodies are going to be any less um, valuable in eternity uh, as well. Right, and that's my, I'm a common sense person, and I can look at it that, like, hey, you've got somebody burn up, somebody who's this and that, and they're Christians, they're going to heaven, they're going to be, you know, it's not like they're going to be stuck in a jar, or stuck on a mantle, now you're <laughs> sure you're in heaven, but you're not, you don't have a body. But yeah, just never had an answer for it. Never, and I guess there probably isn't one. But I just wanted a little re reinsurance there because um, um, at my age and the the cost of a life insurance policy where I'm at now, it uh, you know I want to leave something left for my kids sure. you know, instead of throwing thirty thousand dollars into a, you know that I can save. Yeah, so, absolutely. I think from uh, a financial my, standpoint, that could be a great move. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I also like to say I'd like to pray for the lady with the twins and hope she makes that all right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very, very good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I think uh, you're right on. There's no, there's nothing scripturally that would prevent you from cremation. You're not gonna, you're not gonna hurt your body any worse than, uh, um, than you would anyway. Um, you know, just from it being able to uh, to to decompose. So. Um, yeah, thank you for your prayers for the lady expecting to deliver twins. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much. Now, is there anything online? That, so is that, how often is the uh, first time I ever heard this show? Okay. How often is this uh, question and answer thing or whatever? So this, is, this happens every single day at the same time. Um, and so you're listening in, uh, in Pennsylvania. So this is airing for you right, right now at this time, every single day. Um, and you, you are actually hearing this broadcast on a one week delay. So, um, the, the question about, or the prayer for the, the lady with the twins, um, that was from last Monday. Um, okay. and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. So actually you can hear yourself next Monday, uh, on this show. Cool. You got it. All right. Great station to talk to you this, today. You know, say that again. What radio station is this? Uh, you are listening to Hope FM. Um, let me see if I can find the call the call station there. I can't remember what it is. 
Yeah, because um, they give you about 20, and they come on and they give you about 12 at one time, and they say it real fast, and I'm uh-huh. not sure where that is. I'm not sure which one I'm getting Yeah, on my radio dial because it's not you know, um, digital. Digital, yeah. So what I would do is look up hopefm.net, and that will be okay. able to, you'll be able to narrow down which one you're listening to there. But yeah, you're listening on Hope FM. Great preaching on this radio station. Amen. So, Amen. God's given point, su- such right. grace. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. God bless. All right. God bless you. Good to talk to you today. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live today. It's been such an honor to be able to be with you, to be able to talk about the things of the Lord, uh, to answer questions and uh, take some prayer requests together today. Um, I'm excited about all that God is doing as he is. I don't know if you sense this, but I just sense this fresh uh, work of the Lord as he's stirring people up to want to know a genuine kind of a, um, uh, a relationship with the Lord. Um, that, that God and his word is being established in a unique way. I just sense a hunger for people to want the Bible that people are just, they're kind of tired of the self-help talks. They're tired of the guy saying your victory is just around the corner. They, they just want to know what God's word says. And so I just want to encourage you to uh, to seek the Lord in his scriptures and to, to know that you can know the Lord, that God has made himself accessible to you, that you don't need to be some sort of um, elite level Christian in order to have access to God, to have relationship with him and, um, you know, uh, see that, see if the Lord is, um, you know, see how the Lord is revealing himself to you through his word. You have you have access to God. And so pray to the Lord, seek him in his word, find a great Bible-believing church that's going to teach you the scriptures and grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Hey, it's been my pleasure to be with you today on Calvary Live. Uh, I pray that you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And until next time, God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.